Good morning, church. Let's go. If you got your Bible, turn over to the book of Joel. We're going to, Lord willing, finish today. I've got to really get moving here. How many of you are on the right side? Anybody on the right side? I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about Jesus' side, right? Anybody on Jesus' side? Um, he's got a side, right? And uh, we're going to look at the ending of this today. And as I understand it, as we've read through this several times, um, I see it this, this day of the Lord that is intensifying, or there's going to be a culmination of these events that have happened all the way from when he arrived on earth to his ascension into heaven to him you know gonna come back and and deal with all of the enemies that have been not just against Israel but against the church right there is a culmination happening and as we've said God is merciful we just thanked him for his grace and mercy he is merciful but he is also just right he's not sloppy and saying you can do whatever you want he is just and in the end the punishment will fit the crime. That's what it would be. And you're like, well, that's intense. That's scary. Well, it doesn't have to be. And that's what we said through this whole series, that when the separation happens in the end, you can find uh, some stories from that in, in Matthew and chapter 25 and different places. But when that happens, for those who, who don't know God and he doesn't know them, yeah, that's going to be pretty intense and it's going to be scary. But for the people that do know the Lord and have lived their lives for him and have surrendered to his will and to his way for their life, it's going to be a great door of rejoicing. Yes or no? I'm ready for that. You know, I'm ready for that day when we all get to heaven. That's what the old song said. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, right? But there's also rejoicing here because we're living in victory, not just victory inside of the church. It's, it's easier, I think, to live in victory inside of the church. I'm talking, yes, inside of this building. We come here and it's like, okay, we're pretty focused on what we're doing here. It's, it's out there that we, we struggle with living in victory. Well, it's available out there too, by the way. It's available in your car and in the shower. And even when you're sitting in front of your computer and nobody's watching, there's victory available there. It's accessible, and you have, to, you have to want it. So what has this been all about as we recap and finish this up today? Joel has capitalized, um, I think that's an okay word there, on, the, on this plague, this locust plague. And he recognizes, and I think the people there in that context recognize that we need to do something different. We call it repentance, that we would turn away from this and we go towards God. This is a central message that we're looking at, that there is salvation available even in, in, in this heavy times when it feels like, oh, my, my whole world is crashing down. Well, let's do something different. And tried it your way. That didn't go well, right? Do something different. That is the salvation that is available. And so we look at this, and Joel is very important uh, to, to Scripture. It, it was really the first place that we see kind of this development, this biblical idea of the day of the Lord, which is a scary. I mean, even when they did that bumper, I was like, oh, that's a little scary, guys, you know, and listening to it. And well, there should be some intensity to it, but we're not just talking about that. There was a contextual moment that Joel is writing to the people of that day, but we're still living this out, and maybe some of this, this had been played out, but there's a, there's a future to this, to this Old Testament writing, and um, man, we see that it's going to come in the end. So as we look at chapter 3 today, and the, the end of it, we, we want to look at a few things of, of God is going to judge the nations, right? It's, it's going to happen. We said that those, the enemies of Israel and the enemies of the Lord himself are going to get theirs because he is 
just. And so there's going to be some, some heavy things that come down the line. But for those, again, who know him, live for him, and he knows them, there's going to be an eternity of, of just wondrous blessing of worshiping him forever. And this is why what Matthew Henry said, he said that we, through patience and the comfort of this scripture, might have hope. Have hope. Maybe you're sitting here today and you walked in this place and you feel almost hopeless. Almost. You're still here, so you, you have some glimmer of hope. And I, I trust that that has happened. So we, we begin to dive in in chapter 3. Um, two weeks ago, Pastor Tony shared a great message with us. And, you know, we begin to look at this and know that this judgment of the nations is coming and that there's going to be some hatred towards the church and, of course, Israel. And if they, they, they hated you, know that they hated him first and all this stuff that, the, that is coming down the line. But we have something that we have to do. We have to, we have to get ready. And God has this, this army of people that he's dealing with. But as we closed out last week, I'll be honest with you, I left at a really, or two weeks ago, I left at a really weird space and I didn't like the way it ended. I, I ran out of time and I kind of left you guys hanging and we we come to this this place where he says proclaim this among the nations consecrate for war stir up the mighty men and, and let them come up consecrate for war right this mighty men so god has this mighty men a, a mighty army but there's also saying to the world you think you're mighty come against me let me let me know let me let me tell you something that there's no might in the world that is greater than god's might and you can do everything you want physically, mentally, spiritually, and to come against God. You're never going to win. I don't care how mighty you think you are. And even that, that verse, let the weak say that I'm strong, we could say that to the people because of God's grace and mercy, but you could say it to the world too, the people who don't profess faith. And hey, you think you're weak? You can say you're strong too, but you come against God. I don't care how mighty you are in your own works. You cannot stand against the almighty. You can't. We understand that as we look at this. And so get yourselves ready for war, he says. Get the, and the world is, is, is doing that. And we've said it a thousand times in here. The, the world is becoming increasingly hostile to what we're doing. It's not just, oh, you're goofy for being a Christ follower or a Christian, right? It's not just that. It's, no, what your message is hate. And therefore, because you hate, we hate you, and we're going to do what we can to stop you. If you don't think that's coming, you are sound asleep. You are sound asleep. It is happening. He tells, he tells them, go on. He's talking to the world. Beat your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks, go with this. And you can say that I'm a warrior. And people, people are living like that. I'm a warrior. I mean, more and more you're seeing these people in their own, trying to live by their own might, their own strength. Right? We're not going to do that today. So I'm going to jump down in, into verse 13. He says, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Go in and tread for the winepress is full. The vats overflow for their evil is great. And so the Lord has he's repeated this. He's, he's summoned, he's instructing the nations to enter into this valley of Jehoshaphat. And, and we see, again, this agricultural picture or this imagery that we get. But this, this first command looks at really the judgment. And we see that when the sickle comes, what I told you, the sickle will cut down. There's a judgment that is happening there. And then the wine press is full and it's the stamping out of the grapes. And this, I mean, the, the nations are going to get theirs. That's what he's saying. And multitudes, verse 14, and multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Valley of decision, again, the valley of Jehoshaphat. Here we're going to get God's 
judgment on the nations. He will judge this. 15 says the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining. That's, you start thinking about when we were coming, my wife and I were driving back from Savannah. Uh, we were preach- I told you we were preaching at this marriage retreat this weekend. We were driving back from Savannah as we were pulling into the homestead last night. I just saw that, um, I think it was almost a full moon and there's light there. It's, it's pretty, right? Imagine if there was no light from that. And the stars lost their gleam, right? But I think there's a, a bigger thing to this. And as you read about it, you'll see that they'll, they'll seem to lose their luster or their glory because they'll be outshined by a far greater glory, the glory of the Lord. It's like, oh, this light was bright, but when this light showed up, then I didn't even see this light anymore because it's just totally blown away, Right? We do this in our house sometimes. We, we turn off the lights and open the windows because the sun is brighter and it feels better. Well, imagine the glory of the Lord showing up and, and all this stuff that we thought mattered a whole lot, even the sun and the moon and the stars don't matter anymore. I mean, they're essential to our existence, right? They're essential. We need the heat of the sun, but imagine just being upheld by the glory of the Lord for all of eternity. Wow. This is heavy, Right? So we look at this in these impressions that, that this day that we're reading about, it, it's heavy. And so, again, I want you to understand this. To, to the ones who have done evil, continue to do evil, live their way, do what they want, it's going to be the day of the Lord, the judgment, the nations, and the individual judgment. It's going to be a terrible day. Not only is it going to be a terrible day, it's going to be a terrible eternity. And all we've said for the last seven years is it's very, very simple. Heaven is a place for people who want to spend eternity with God. That's what it is. You like God. You like his presence. You like peace and faith and hope and truth and love and all of that. That's, that's heaven in the fullness. We can't even understand it all. Heaven is that place for people who want to spend eternity with God and all of the attributes that we don't even understand fully. That's that place. Hell is a place for people who want to spend eternity without God. All the people who wanted to do it their way. And all those people that have stamped on their bumper stickers, I can't wait to get to hell with my friends. This is like, how does society get this lost? Like, what's, what's wrong with us? It's like degrading, right? This is the moral fiber as we look at this, and as heavy as it's going to be for the, the wicked on that day, it will be the juxtaposition for the righteous, the, the total opposite, looking on the opposite end of those people that are feeling the terror of the absence of God for eternity, and the total, and we can't even understand this kind of joy, the total joy, the total completion of your faith when God welcomes you in eternity well done good and faithful servant enter into the what joy of thy master enter into joy not enter into the pearly gates and the gold no enter into the joy and the good the amazing thing is that he that he gives us that here it's a spiritual fruit right love joy peace patience kindness faithfulness gentleness self-control love joy it's it's available for us but just we just get glimpses of it 
And you, you run into some people and they're just so filled with joy. And most people are, are, are their joy is getting gnawed at all the time. But the thing about the gnawing is like, the gnawing only steals happiness. The, the gnawing can't steal joy. That's why it's a theme in, in Philippians. Paul writes about joy from prison. Most people aren't writing about joy from prison. <laughs> they're not doing that. They're writing about other things, right? They're writing about joy, but Paul's able to do that. So the, to the righteous, to the ones who will, who will stick to this, who will, who will hold, who will hold on with grit and, and hold on all the way through, that's going to be a joyful, joyful day. 16 says, the Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people. A stronghold to the people of Israel. So we're talking about the Lord coming out of this, his, his sanctuary in Jerusalem. You're talking about total splendor, total, total bliss. Everything is in, and in, in, in that moment, the earth will, will shake and quake. And it's going to be, again, terrifying for the people who aren't ready. And we can see it in other places like Ezekiel and Zephaniah and, and Isaiah. We see the readings of this, and it's like it's intense, and it's supposed to be intense. When God shows up, it's intense. 17, he says, so you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain, and Jerusalem shall be holy. And strangers shall, shall never pass through it again. There's a, there's a day coming when there's going to be a new Jerusalem. Anybody been to Jerusalem in this place? I've been, to, I've been there. A few of you have been in the, to Jerusalem. If you know anything about Israel, they've totally abandoned. It's even, even the thought of God, really. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70%, 75% agnostic. It's just like we don't, we don't want that. So Jerusalem is, is far from a holy place. Right? Really, there's no place on earth that is really holy. God is holy. He inhabits the praise of his people. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God is calling us. He's talking about his, he's talking about his, his church, his people, this, this group across the world. And so, but there's going to be a day that God establishes a new place. And the enemy isn't going to be allowed to pass through and knock on your door with shame and tempt you. Anybody excited about that? I know Carolyn's excited about that. I know, like, I'm excited about that because, because we're, we're fighting a fight every single day. It's like you're walking through. I mean, we live in Miami. It's like you're going to walk around like this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to hear anything. It's just we're overrun by, by just stuff that's thrown in your face. But it's not just here. It's, it's everywhere. But, but Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem shall be holy. And strangers shall never pass through it again. And these, these promises, right, that, that, that are in front of us are real. They're real, and they're, and they're for you. 18 says, and in that day, the mountains shall drip sweet wine. The hills shall flow with milk. And the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And the fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord. And the water, the valley, the shittim. Listen to this. This, this, this description here is, is totally opposite of what was. 
Remember, go back. The locusts had, had ripped through, eaten everything, wiped out, annihilated. It's dry. It's desolate. It's barren. The cattle are upset. The, the farmers are upset. The priests have no offerings again. There's nothing. And he's saying this is what it looks like for the people that come, that the people that will stick to it, the people that will stay with me, the, the people that will finish. And we're, we're great starters. We're not great finishers. But if you will finish, if you will hold on to your faith, if you will let it grip you, if you will let the love of Christ grip you, nothing can steal you out of the hand of God. But you can drift off. So don't drift off. Pay attention. Stay focused. Get there. And if that will happen, you're going to, man, there's going to be some, some dripping of the sweet wine, the flowing with milk. It's not going to be as short as in the milk. The cows are happy. The fields are happy. They're blooming. The trees, the figs, the wine presses, everything's running over. Everything is just going to be good. The blessings of God are going to continue. You're just going to absorb and absorb. But it ain't even going to be really the focus. What will be the focus? It will be the Lord himself. 19. Egypt shall be a, a desolation. And Edom a, a desolate wilderness. For the violence done to the people of Judah because they had shed innocent blood in their land. We always see this in scripture that Egypt and Edom, these are enemies of Israel. They were in captivity, right? This is, this is a heavy thing. And so it's promised, not just that Egypt and Edom are going to get theirs, but the ones who are coming against the church that I just mentioned, they're going to get theirs too. And I, was, I know some of us are like, we think it's like, it's my duty. I need to stand up and, and just like go to war with these people. And, and, and maybe so. Maybe God has called you to be a Christian apologist and to, to battle with scripture against these people. I just haven't had much success arguing people into heaven. I just haven't. I'm not that smart. I know Paul went to the temple and he reasoned with them in Acts, right? It says that in Acts, that he reasoned with them. He showed up and, you know, he stood before Agrippa and Agrippa's like, the king's like, whoa, like, you're about to convince me to do this, Paul. That's how well Paul spoke. That's how versed he was in scripture and, and how much he had encountered the love of Jesus and how much passion he had in him and, and how many beatings he took. And they're like, man, you must really believe this. I'm not that smart. I'm not going to try to reason with you. What I am going to do is I'm going to love you, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to tell you the truth. A little bit of love gives you a large platform with people. Some, some people are heavy on the truth. They just like to show up and give you the truth. And maybe there's some of those megaphone street preachers. Maybe some of them are having some modicum of success, but maybe not if you're just yelling into the megaphone you're going to hell. <laughs> Not wrong <laughs> if they don't know Jesus, right? What about for God so loved the world? What about that part? What about that part? There's some innocent blood that, that has been shed. There's some spiritual blood that will be shed this year, 2024. The spiritual blood I'm talking about is you are going to stand up for your faith and the enemy is going to come after you and, and some of them it will be your family. I'm not talking about physical blood. They will, they will literally try to cut you spiritually because of the stand you take for Christ. Stand with me real quick. I've got to finish this up in the next couple minutes. I know it's, it's short, but we're going to get there. 
Verse 20 says, but Judah shall be inhabited forever. And Jerusalem to all generations. I will avenge their blood. I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. <laughs> this is the promise for the people who know, know God and he knows them. Well done. Enter into the joy of their master. You're not just going to be joyful. You're not just going to be happy. You're going you're gonna to be happy. You're going to be very happy. But you're not just going to end with happiness. You're going to end up being joyful. You're not just going to end up being joyful. You're going to be totally joyful. And not just joy for a season, but joy for all of eternity. Like, I know we can't process that. I, I, trust me, I've tried this week, and I'm like, hurts my little brain to think about this. But, but inside of this, this welcoming into joy, what we understand is that there is purity available. And that, that as he talked about in the, in, in the verses up above, is like all the, the flowing of the streams, right? The, 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 the milk, everything's available, so we, there's plenty. But really, it's not just the plenty of stuff. It's just there's plenty of him for everybody that's what's that's what's amazing we take these little cups it's like oh there's just a little bit of juice in the cup and I always tell you there's a little bit of cup there's a whole lot in it in fact there's enough in the cup for everybody for all of eternity I'm not talking about the juice I'm talking about the grace I'm talking about the mercy I'm talking about the love I'm talking about the availability the access that we have to the Almighty and this this idea of forever the idea of forever it's just mind-boggling. It literally will shake you to the core. So if we look at this and we conclude this whole thing, here's what I, here's what I think. I think we, as we summarize this, we look at this. God has been clear. Yes or no? Anybody feeling like they don't know what's going on? God has been clear. Very clear. He said, this is, this is how you've been. Right? You didn't just preach the Roman road to salvation. Right? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right? And if you've been a sinner, the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is. Right? And while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Right? And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be. See? You're gospel people. <laughs> you're got, you know it. <laughs> you know it. It's incredible. God has been clear. He's been clear. You've had plenty of chances. Get it right. Truth is, you can't get it right. You've had plenty of chances to surrender. This last thing, if you choose to follow Christ with everything, God has his biggest and best blessing set aside for you for all of eternity. The biggest blessing is himself. Even the better news is don't have to wait forever that's forever this is now and forever starts here church would you bow your heads with me today father we thank you for your presence God I'm not afraid I'm not afraid I'm excited I'm excited about what you've done. I'm excited about what you've told us, Lord. I'm excited about your word, and I'm excited about change. I'm excited about transformation. I'm excited about hope coming alive inside of people today. God, we think we're mighty sometimes. We have nothing. We have nothing without you. 
are nothing without you, but with you, we have everything. We stand here by your spirit today. By your spirit, we stand. We proclaim your goodness. I testify to the goodness that you have saved me and that you have raised me and you have established me and you have placed my feet on you, the solid rock. I'm anchored in you, Jesus. You've been clear, Lord. You've been clear. So again, we are sorry for the things that we've done that's gone. You've already forgiven them, Lord. We are moving towards you. We believe in our heart. We confess you are Lord. You are Savior. You're going to be the Lord. And, and Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you deposit into these people the power to become your witnesses. To evangelize. To just stand up. To just stand up and have a spiritual backbone and proclaim your goodness to our friends, to our neighbors, to our city, to our state, to our world. We love you, Lord. You've done a tremendous work in our lives and we're just excited about it, God thank you for everybody in this room. I pray that they know how special they are. I pray that you fill them with peace. I pray that they'll learn how to armor up every single day. So they can withstand the arrows, the traps, and the snares of the enemy. Make their minds sharp. Make our feet like hinds feet. So as we climb your mountain, Lord, we clean it clean hands and pure hearts as we ascend your hill. Lord, we do it with our arms worshiping and we don't trip up like the mountain deer. We just, we're established as we run towards you. Give us agile mobility to just maneuver around when we need to. Bring clarity, bring vision, bring strength, bring hope, bring life. We love you, Lord. We trust you, but give us grace to trust you more. We pray all this in the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together, church? Listen, go back and reread and study for yourself. So I'm going to have to get through that pretty quickly today. We've got two more services. I'm excited. We've got Easter coming up. And I want to tell you, it's March 31st. So you're like, well, that's a little bit away. No, it's, it's, this is when you need to start getting in front of your, your people. And um, we all, people always come to church. I said not always. Try not to use hyperbole. Very often people will show up at Easter, right? And Christmas. Um, sometimes I call them CEOs. Christmas, Easter, and occasionally, right? Uh, they show up. But this is a, here's what we know about this. Statistics tell us that about 80% of the people will come to church with you if you just invite them. Now, it's not about just getting to church. You can invite them to Jesus yourself. You can pray with them right there. You can get them to Jesus. And if they never come here, fantastic. But they get to Jesus, that matters everything. But if you can't quite get all of that together, Easter is a great time to invite people. Um, here's what I'm asking way ahead of time. Uh, you guys are the good ones, but I'm going to ask that you would stay in this service. Some of you kind of go back and forth. 1030 will be bananas on, on Easter morning. So I'm going to ask that you would stay in this service, that you would come early for this. And I'm talking to 9 o'clock, so I don't need to say it much. But I just want to thank you guys for that. Create space. Our 1030 is pretty crowded, and people are meeting Jesus every service. So it's pretty, pretty fantastic what God is doing here. And um, I just want to say that I'm proud of you guys. 
proud of you guys for living out your faith. I love you. I'm excited about it. We always pray our benediction here. Uh, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Love you guys. We'll see you very soon.